0: investment advisory services offered through cwm llc and sec registered investment advisor it's time for the money night podcast with certified financial planner wade chessman welcome in to the money night podcast i'm ben george he's wade chessman certified financial planner certified kingdom advisor and the president and wealth Advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. we got a good show today. We're going to clear up a little bit of that financial jargon you hear all the time. And wait, I'm telling you, we hear it all the time now, it seems like. I know there's a lot going on in the world and markets are up and down, but I mean, you turn on the news and it's just like, you know, jargon thrown left and right at you constantly. Right.
1: And, you know, every industry has their jargon and their words they like to use to try to confuse you and mm-hmm. keep you out of the loop. So we're going to demystify some of that today.
0: Yeah, that's a good plan, and, and we got uh, about five or six things we want to go through today, and they all they all relate to a lot of the things we're dealing with right now in the economy and and everything. So I think you'll uh, you'll appreciate what we discussed today, and hopefully it'll help clear up any any kind of misunderstandings or any confusion you might have. But again, if you have questions, Wade always encourages you to call. We can reach out via the website ChessmanWealth.com. dot com. There's a link to schedule. A meeting with Wade there. But if you want to call him, you can do that as well at 214-572-2120. And don't forget, we'll have our Kingdom Minute coming up a little bit later in the show as well. So stay tuned for that. Everything good uh, otherwise, Wade, with you? Everything's great. Everything's great. What do the kids do this summer uh, when they get back from school? Do they they spend time with you?
1: Well, one's out of school,
0: so she's here. And
1: the other one is going to go study abroad this summer in Italy. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited for her. I wish I would have gotten to do that. Have you ever been to Italy? Never been. Are you going
0: to visit while she's there?
1: No, we're not going to go while she's there, okay. we, but uh, wouldn't mind going some other time. I, I really don't want to go when everyone else in the world's going to be there cause <laughs> in the summertime, but that's true. she's
0: looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great experience. That's awesome. Well, good luck to her. I know she'll enjoy it. It's just a beautiful place, and I can't imagine going uh, in college and enjoying the food and drink and just <laughs> the lifestyle, so I know no, she'll no, have fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right, well let's jump into our, our financial jargon today. And again, there's gonna be a lot of terms you're gonna come across in the financial world that, you know, might confuse you a little bit, but we want you to basically have the just a, a base level understanding of these different terms we're gonna go through today. Hopefully it'll help you achieve financial success. But we're gonna cover what you need to know and, and what it means to you as far as it comes to planning. We're not gonna get too deep into Companies, PE ratios and the alpha beta ratings and that sort of thing. We're just going to go some high level stuff, but things that you need to know as you're trying to navigate this current environment right now. So let's start off with the market. I know this has been a pretty strong run for us for a while now, Wade. I mean, I guess we've been in a, a bull market for a while, but I know there's been talks about, hey, we might be turning to a bear market. So what are the differences between the two? And then what does that actually matter for your investment strategy? Well, You know, there's been different
1: uh, theories on where the terms came from. The one that seems to have the most, uh, I guess, coverage or the ones that people seem to agree on most, I guess, is when you think of a bear, you know, you you think of a bear swiping down, like to attack. And so a bear denotes, you know, things going down, whereas a bull has its horns and it's going up. So when you think of a bull market, it means that market's headed in the up direction, and a bear market heading in a down direction. The technical definition of a bear market is when stocks drop twenty percent or more from recent highs. Okay, mm-hmm. and so you know that can happen within a you know an index like the stock market in general, like the S and P. It can happen in say the Nasdaq. Or the russell 2000 so it can happen within different indexes right and it also can happen with individual stocks so you know a company might be in a bear market with their individual stock and if you look at the nasdaq today as we record this we're technically in a bear market the nasdaq is down over 21 percent after today it's almost down five percent today as we as we're recording this um, so technically, that would be a bear market, and bear markets can last—you know—really short time. Like when COVID was a, everything kind of accelerated quickly as we shut down and then we opened back up. But they can last—you know—so that was a real short one. They can last a long time. The last long one was back in two thousand and seven, two thousand and nine. The S and P five hundred was in a bear market territory for seventeen months. Hmm. So that's really all it means, and obviously it affects your your. Uh, portfolio and stuff, because if you're in a bear market, you're going to see the value of your portfolio going down. Now, I will tell you, it's a normal occurrence and it happens on a regular basis. We don't think of it that way. No one wants to, it's not a fun time, but it does, it is a normal market occurrence. It's part of the ups and downs of being in investing. And so what makes investing hard is that, you know, it's no fun to see your portfolio go down. Uh, the, The nice thing is, though, so far, every bear market's been followed by a bull market. Now, the question is how
0: long will it last and things like that. So that's that's bull versus bear. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't I, – I, you don't really know. I mean, if you're not following it closely, you don't, I guess, really don't know the difference between a bear and bull. Like when it shifts, you don't know. Like I didn't know we were in a, technically in a uh, bear market right now. It doesn't surprise me, but I didn't know that we right. actually crossed Right, and, and again,
1: term. we're only in a bear market in one area. Right. If you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it's or not. So di- again, different parts of the market, different companies, you know, things like that. So it can mean lots of different things. But typically, when people talk about a bear market, they're talking about the general overall market, usually the S and P or the Dow Jones. But
0: mm-hmm. again, within that, could there could be certain sectors that are way down more than others. When when these things shift, do you have to take any steps? with your investment strategy or is it just, you're still kind of following that process no matter what's happening in the market? Sometimes, you know, it might be, there might be things that you do, but for the most part, you stick with the strategy.
1: And we've talked about this in the past. You know, one of the things that can really hurt you in a bear market is if you're having to pull money out Mm -hmm. to live on. Right. So we want, we try to avoid that by use the use of the bucketing strategies that we've talked about on our, one of our podcasts. So it doesn't mean that you just, pull the plug and everything you've been working for and you throw in your hands, you stick with the strategy and you have to understand that this is a regular occurrence. It's maybe a good time to revisit your risk tolerance and make sure you're comfortable, but definitely not a time to uh,
0: make rash decisions either way. Okay. Good to know. So that's a bear versus bull. And I had no clue that I don't think I've ever heard the, the horns and the slashing, but that makes sense. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's probably other theories, but that's the one that, Gets the most play. It does make sense because you think about a bear; that they're going to come, they're going to take their big paws and their claws, and they're going to go up, and then they're going to swipe down. Mm-hmm. And if you're a bull, you know you're going to just gouge someone with your horns up. So yeah, makes a lot of sense. Wouldn't I guess like that's that. why at University of Texas they say horns up. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's talk uh, next here about re- a recession. This is yeah. another one that we're hearing a lot about too. And you know, you, you mentioned heading into kind of bear territory in certain areas. I I hear more and more that we might be headed towards a recession. So are you hearing the same thing? And and what exactly does that, how do you define that?
1: The technical definition is when the gross domestic product falls, goes the other way in two consecutive quarters. So the thing about a bear market is you can't tell you're, you're in one until after it's over Hmm. after, you know, until after the fact, because we know this, we just got our economic data for this first quarter and we had a contraction and you know, it's possible we'll have another one so that that's what a recession technically means we've a, according to the national bureau of economic research we've actually had 34 of them since 1854 hmm. so again it's another it's supposed to be a normal part of the business cycle you know you got recessions that are then followed by economic growth mm-hmm. and so it's a, again, normal thing. I think part of the thing we haven't seen as many because we've had so much government intervention through the Fed and other things to, you know, to avoid all pain at all possible. My problem with doing that over and over and over again is eventually the pen's gonna burst and it's just gonna make things worse, but that's what a recession is. And so that's what people are concerned about um, right now. And we definitely did see GDP contract for the first quarter. and. We'll just have to wait and see what happens in the second quarter. It doesn't necessarily mean that you take action based on that knowledge. It's just good to be, it's a. It's something that people measure and you want to be aware of, but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, that changes everything as far as your plan and all that things. Again, it's just more information to have. It may mean that you're you're in for some tough times in certain sectors, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you go out and panic because you won't even know. Like I said, you won't even really know you're in a a, a recession until after the fact because that, by
0: definition, that's what a recession is. Mm-hmm. All right, volatility. Next up, another one we hear quite a bit. Now, I I'm curious how you define this way because to me it feels like the market's just volatile by nature. It's up, it's down, back and forth. But I'm guessing there's got to be some kind of guidelines on if it goes up this much or down this much, we are officially in a volatile market. But how do you define it?
1: Well, I don't, there's no official definition. Volatility, there's lots of ways to define it. I think for purposes of, you know, folks listening to this, I think of it as the ups and downs, the swings, you know, like if you own um, a high flying stock, like, even even Amazon back in the day, not, not so much lately. Although the other day, Amazon stock was down like fifteen or twenty percent in one day, mm-hmm. and uh, Netflix stock was down thirty percent in one day. And then the next day, it may be up a lot. So when I think when I talk about volatility, what I'm talking about is the ups and downs of either an individual investment or the market as a whole. And the reason it's important is we and we did a whole podcast on this too. We talked about the sequence of returns. Right, you can have two investors that get the same return, average return. Maybe they get an eight percent average return over fifteen or twenty years. But there's lots of different ways to get there. Right, mm-hmm. you can have somebody that gets there with minus twenty, up forty, minus ten, up thirty, or you could get someone that gets you know minus two, up twelve, my, you know up three, up twelve. They're a much less volatile way to get to the same return. It doesn't really necessarily matter if you're not taking money out other than the fact that some people just can't stomach those rides. You know, everyone says, "Oh, I wish I would have bought Amazon, you know, back in the day. But what they don't realize is that stock, you know, there's times when that stock went down 50, 60 percent. I mean, it's had a very, you know, obviously everybody wants to own it now, but it's had times when it's been super You know, up and down and just all over the map. Right. But no one thinks about that. The long term trajectory of it has been up, but you don't have to go back that far in history to see the stock, you know, have big swings. So that's when I think of volatility, I think about the ups and downs of either the market in general, your investments, your individual investments, and what that can do either emotionally. And then when it comes to pulling money out of the, portfolio. You have to be cognizant of the type of volatility that's in the portfolio. So when I think of volatility, that's what I think of. And I think that's, for most of the people listening, that's the most important thing to be aware of.
0: Yeah. I always think about you know when you say, oh man, I wish I would have bought X stock or X investment mm-hmm. way back in the day. I always, always think, well, there's no way you would have written it out to this point anyway, right? I mean, if it got up really high at one point or started to drop a lot, you probably would have exited that position at some point. Very few people actually ride all the ups and downs to those really big gains.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love Amazon as an example, because if you go back to like 2000 and you look at the, the price of Amazon from the year 2000, pretty much all the way to like 2007, 2008, didn't really do anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just in the recent years where you've seen a lot of that upside growth. So yeah, it's easy easier said than done, but. Obviously, it's been a good stock, but yeah, it's, it's not been without its ups and downs.
0: Yep, I got one more uh, here clearing up some financial jargon for you on today's episode. Capital gains and losses. We hear this a lot, especially I know I've heard it more with the talk about taxing capital gains. But what do we need to know yeah. here?
1: Well, a capital gain is when you buy something and then sell it for more than you paid for it in a sen- simple term. You have short-term capital gains where you buy something and you sell it within a year. That's a short-term capital gain. If you wait longer than a year, it's a long-term capital gain. And that's obviously what we're looking for, right? We'd rather have gains. But sometimes we have losses where we buy something and we sell it for less than we paid for it. We have a loss. One of the things that, you know, in a market like we're in right now where there's a lot of volatility and a lot of things are down, there may be some opportunity to take some losses. And you, me, like, well, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to sell something at a loss? Well, when times are good and we're making money and we're generating a lot of capital gains, we have to pay taxes, right? Mm-hmm. But when times are bad, we have the opportunity. Let's say we bought uh, a portfolio. Say, uh, let's just pick on Amazon again. So we bought Amazon, and now it's we're lost. You know, we're down twenty or thirty percent. We can sell Amazon realize that gain and as long we have to wait 30 days and we can buy it back or we can buy something else back that's similar at the same after we sell it but once now we have that loss that was unrealized we've realized it and we harvest that loss much like a crop and we hold on to that loss and we can use that loss later on in the future when we have gains so capital gain you make money Capital loss, you lose loss. It's not a true capital gain or capital loss until you actually realize it. So, you know, they're, they've been talking about taxing the rich or the ultra rich on some of their capital gains. I think they've even talked about taxing them on gains I've yet realized. I don't know how that works. Right, That's the dumbest thing I've heard. Well, there's a lot of dumb things <laughs> I've heard, but that's really dumb. It's up there. So that's the basic definition of capital gain and loss. And it's important to be aware of them and to, um, you know, be be active about managing them because, you know, I've had lots of folks come in and they've had no one's ever done any of that tax loss management. So they get in here and they've got all these positions with huge capital gains and they don't have a lot of flexibility. So that's the capital gain, capital loss uh, definition.
0: All right. So that's just some of the financial jargon. You're probably hearing that a lot right now, all those terms we've gone through today. But if you have anything you ever want to get cleared up, you know, Wade's there to uh, to answer your questions and to help help you just educate you on any areas that maybe you're a little confused or just uncertain about, you can find them online, ChessmanWealth.com. You can also call them at 214-572-2120. Again, 214-572-2120. Now it's time for this week's Kingdom Minute, a biblical perspective on money and finances. Right on this episode of the Kingdom Minute,
1: I want to talk about success and wealth. And the last couple of times we've talked about, hey, what does it mean to be a good steward? And what is a steward? And what does it mean to be a good steward? And today I wanted to talk about success and wealth, especially in our country. You know, We always hear stories about people who were self-made and they pulled themselves up by their bootstrap. And it is true that the creation of wealth or, you know, your superstar athletes and all that, that does require a great deal of personal effort. But what the Bible says is that God plays the most important role. So I'm going to look at two ideas today. The first idea, the first concept is that God gives us the ability to make wealth. So from Deuteronomy, it says, He gave us manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So it clearly says that, hey, our wealth, whatever that may be, comes from the Lord, and that's who we're to give thanks to for it. And those abilities that we have and all that comes from the Lord. The other side of that is, you know, you think about promotion, uh, whether, you know, at work, promotion in society, promotion. Psalm 75, 6 through 7, there's no power on earth that can make an, a person important. God is the judge. He decides who will be important. He lifts one person up and brings another down. So especially in the United States, you know, we're all about self-made, you know, doing our own thing. We, we, we did it all on our own. And again, it does take work. You can't just take, you know, like we talked about the parable of the talents. You can't take the talent that God's given you just buried under the sand and not use it. But he is the one that gives you those talents. He's the one that determines your promotion, where you're going to be, where you're going to be going up. And so I think that gives us a lot of comfort. Or maybe the other way of looking at it is, you know, who do we give thanks to? It's not necessarily our own effort, although we have a part in it. In the end, it really boils down to God is the one that produces wealth. And so that's why we need to be thankful to him for that.
0: All right. That's today's Kingdom Minute. Thank you for that, Wade. As always, we try to do that every single show. So we look forward to the next one. All right. That's going to do it for us today on this episode of the Money Night Podcast. Again, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And make sure you visit us online, chessmanwealth.com. Plenty of great resources there. Plus, you can schedule a meeting with Wade directly through the website. But if you want to call as well, you can always reach Chessman Well Strategies at 214-572-2120. Wade, thanks for the time as always, and uh, we'll talk to you pretty soon. Great.